This is Caminantes, where you are invited behind the curtain of the 2021 Caminos Festival and into the creative minds of this year's Caminantes. Think of this podcast as the theater lobby, where people can mingle and talk about the incredible art they're creating. I think for me, it's about being playful. I feel like spirituality is also like a playful part of ourselves. There's a lot of saying things and then contradicting myself immediately. We are going to lean into the obstacles that we have. We are going to work with the, the restraints that we have. We watch these movies in English because um, I don't understand Spanish, but Sofia would insert the Spanish dialogue on top of them. Yeah. It's not the same. In this episode, you'll hear two conversations. First, we'll hear from the artist behind The Mermaid Project and Camino series Oracle Cards. Let's get started. My name is Jimena Wiese. My pronouns are they and them. Um, I am a Venezuelan interdisciplinary theater artist, I guess is how I'm gonna describe myself today. And I am the director, lead facilitator of The Mermaid Project, um, which is a multimedia exploration of um, our relationships to water and access and power through investigating the mermaid myth. My name is Alejandra Higuera, pronouns she, her. My project is an oracle card deck. Right now I'm focusing on the four elements and how the elements um, impact the deck and our emotions and ourselves. Um, I'm interested in spirituality uh, coming from a voice of being immigrant and having left everything that I've known and being able to acquire new tools. Learning that queerness is a big part of me, of my life, and that it definitely influences everything that I do. And uh, the deck, I, it has to have these two elements that are the biggest ones right now in my life. Yeah, I feel like it's very similar to what Jimena, in some parts we connect. But yeah, and so the iteration is like, I will have physical cards and then I will create, um, I will work with augmented reality to create filters to use in Instagram. Um, it's really lovely to hear like the like high tech uh, in relationship to like the natural and the spiritual. I think um, I wonder I have quite, like I wonder like what that desire is or how it's manifesting. Um, especially like augmented reality feels like it's like the highest of tech in terms of like performance, and then like the like really ritual kind of like tangible, um, yeah, object, ritual kind of spiritual um, element. I think for me, it's, it's, it's about being playful. I feel like spirituality is also like a playful part of ourselves. I was thinking about that today. I was like, how do we, how do I make this more, not ritualistic, but like a little bit more deep of like, in a way that people connect and they know it's not just like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm becoming whatever filter, like I'm becoming whatever filter you use. But it's like, how do I make it that people actually think about maybe the elements like water and how they connect through water and how we are mostly water. And I was thinking about sound, like how is earth? Like, is it like us digging earth? What is it like, is it like hitting? Like, you know, like thinking about sound in that sense of adding that part to the, to the filter, but it's still very like 
wrong. And but I, I'm always been interested in like ritual and technology and because these spaces are spaces that are becoming more and more inhabited by us. And I'm interested in creating a space that is a little bit ritualistic in the sense outside of uh, IRL. <laughs> cool. It sounds like also um, the technology and like switching through filters and stuff, like you just do that so quickly. And the relationship with time is so different when you're in person. And from what I've seen of little pieces of yours, Jimena, of the project, like there's so much space and like time being taken and it's really delicious. What does time, the role of time play in your piece? I think a lot about time um, in relationship to like attention and like witnessing and what we watch. Um, I'm thinking a lot about the audience and like just exploring or like existing in like a different I want to say like a performative and like witnessing contract that we have with audiences um, and kind of ways of shifting a little bit of the accountability of the storytelling or like the the narrative that emerges from from work into the audience. Um, you know, I think a lot about like everyone is telling themselves their own story with what they watch, regardless of it's like a very clear like this person got up in the morning, went and had breakfast and then got in a car accident. Or like, if it's like a very abstract, like imagistic thing, like regardless, we're all telling ourselves like different versions of, of the things that we watch. And so with the Mermaid Project, um, we are, uh, I'm thinking about how the myth of the mermaid is this like creature that sings and you hear it and it seduces you and it lures you and it hypnotizes you and then you get drawn to it and lose all all track of time or space you just like are like following this desire and how exciting that is and feminine that is and like both like tender and violent that can be i went to nova scotia uh, for the first time last summer and i was thinking about the the project and i had to go to the bay of fundy and um watch the, these gigantic tides like come in and out. And I just had my mind blown um, about water and like what, what witnessing water is, like how it doesn't matter really who you are. If you sit in front of like a body of water that has like sun shores, like you'll just like sit and watch it. And it doesn't have to do anything else, but the way that we pay attention to it is so much different. It's different than the way that we pay attention to the rest of the world. Um, and so I wanted to play with like performatively um, what are images or um, sounds, um, light, shapes, silhouettes that can invite the audience to into that kind of state? Yeah, I'm wondering like how long people will sit and watch process. Like nothing that we have is really fully made. So I'm just like, will you sit there for 20 minutes and watch us do something that's like maybe a little bit boring, but kind of entertaining? Like, is there a particular like angle of the myth or like one of the archetypes that is like poking at you these days? I don't, I, I, I don't think I have gone through the archetypes, but I was thinking about the elements uh, in the deck. And one of them that called my attention was that water was cops. And to me, that was very interesting because my first reaction is like, I don't want to hold water. I want to let water flow kind of thing like let it be 
So for me, that was very interesting to have that realization and be like, how does one represent water in a deck that it's not from that perspective of holding it? Thinking of the water that way, because I feel like I have a, you know, I, I have learned so much about water and like how it has a spirit. And I know I'm drinking it from a cup, but in a, I wanted to represent it in a way that is free and it has the spirit free kind of thing. So obviously I'm working with a mermaid archetype, like it's as a, but it's so giant. I find um, as an archetype and as a story, um, it's just never ending. Um, when you asked about the archetype, the the one that came to mind in this moment was the hanged man. This whole time I've just been saying like, we are gonna lean into the obstacles that we have. We are gonna work with the, the restraint that we have. Like just really th thinking about this, like just hang yourself upside down and look at it and like think about it and let it be a thing. Um, and now I'm thinking about what that does, what it means to or how to continue to do that under a public lens, um, which I feel like is in terms of where we are with the <laughs> Pandora. <laughs> um, uh, like in, in the moment that we are coming back out, coming back in, like how do we, I'm thinking about how do, how do I keep, how do we keep the gifts, the, the perspective that emerged from being so contained and so private and so personal while opening kind of like peepholes or windows and like it's exciting because we're literally at the at the um, factory lobby studio which is like a fish tank it's just it's two glass walls that people will get to come and watch from the outside how we work and i'm wondering about how to maintain care it's interesting to think about archetypically what are like what are the um, archetypes that like teach us how to continue to do work that's for ourselves in relationship to a public? Yeah, that's a really interesting tension. Yeah. The question that I had is like, if you would like to share how queerness influences your, your work. Yeah, queerness. I mean, like the mermaid archetype to me, like one, one of the things that it represents is the queer body and the trans body, right? Like is a, a creature, an entity, a deity that is by virtue of being multiples, whole. Hans Christian Andersen wrote this original play to a man that he was in love with um, as a love letter to a man that to represent the impossibility of their love. So like even the most like iconic of the archetype mermaid, like it's actually so queer. And I just let that live. I just don't think that we need to show it. It just by virtue is queer. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, I just was very, like, I was curious about, um, yeah, like ritual and um, ritual and like the, I was thinking about how going to the phone and like putting a filter on can be a ritual um, or like sitting down and like laying out a piece of fabric and throwing out the decks like are very different rituals. Like is that like what is your favorite part of ritual? I definitely think that what is guiding my experience is I have used cards to guide me or to 
received a, a teaching and I find that the cards are all, always on point. <laughs> so it's like, uh, usually how I do it is like, you know, I lay it out the cards, I put an intention and then I ask something and then something comes up. I don't really know how that will manifest in a filter. I'm still thinking about that. But for me, I, I use ritual, I think on a day-to-day -day basis, right? And the more I'm in tune with myself, the more I know that it's okay to be that person. It's okay to be like, I need this for me to open up to to you, just to to share what I'm what I'm doing or to share my emotional self and my spirit. So I think that's the way that it represents in my life. But to, in, in a way to take it to a to a virtual realm, I don't know how it will manifest. That's, is it just an iteration that I just want to create something that it's fun or I don't know how yet it will be more, I call it deep, but I don't know. So right now I don't know how that will manifest in that world, but by listening and answering your questions, it makes me think of ways of how can I solve this? To me, it's like an issue that I was like, ah, how do I solve this? So that, that leaves me with that. And I really like that. So thanks. That was Jimena Wisi and Alejandra Higuera. Next, we'll hear from the creators of Quiero Estar Contigo and Se Forman Grietas, Cracks Form. Sebastián Marciali, and my piece is Se Forman Grietas or Cracks Form. I am Self Rodriguez. And I'm Liz Durr, and together we make Mala Collective, and our piece is called Quiero Estar Contigo. Um, Sebas, I um, selfishly am I'm trying to expand my Spanish vocabulary and would like to know what your favorite word in Spanish is or my, phrase. <laughs> um, I don't, oh, my favorite one. I mean, Diablos Verdes is pretty good because like it's the weirdest swear. It just means green devils. <laughs> Why green devils? Who knows? <laughs> what is it about them being green that makes it worse? I don't know, but for some reason, and it's like my mom's favorite because like it's swearing, but not swearing. Ay, se quemaron la pupusa, diablo verde. <laughs> I was wondering, so for your piece, were you inspired or are you inspired more by Frida with herself or Frida and her explorations with Diego? Like that romantic connection or like a self that you see in each other? That's a good question. Mm -hmm. I think it was, um, I think it's mostly Frida and herself, um, yeah. like that sort of doubling thing. We come from different backgrounds. We are different people, but you know, parts of our cultures overlap and intersect. And I think that's interesting. Um, we sort of were particularly interested in um, the way that Mexican culture and Chinese culture um, sort of conceptualize and treat the they're, they're dead. Um, so mm. things like the Qingming Festival, um, which, you know, I just call grave sweeping because I don't speak Chinese. But um, every year we uh, we go to the graveyard, um, tidy up everybody's graves, um, provide an offering, um, bow three times um, and then go and eat dinner. Uh, which uh, we found really interesting parallels with um, Dia de los Muertos, which you can talk about <laughs> if mm -hmm. you would like. There is a component of altar making um, in which different um, there's different tiers or different um, steps that you decorate with mm. paper and flowers and 
um, their favorite foods and their favorite drinks and uh, at the top, very top you put their picture and you put um, you light up candles to essentially bring them like honor them and bring them back or off, have an offering for them to come back um, and mm -hmm. visit. Uh, another thing I would say really quick about uh, Frida is I think that she, they, Frida, Frida was kind of queer, kind of like kind of queer, <laughs> not kind of just queer, <laughs> but but in but in the exploration of self, that mm -hmm. queerness seeped through, came through for for me, and and if we talk about representation, I feel like that's the 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 first. Uh, places that I mm. that I saw that queerness and and that freedom of exploration and even in the pictures and it, it was all very subtle and it was all very almost private in, in terms of my child brain mm. um but that's something that's always excited me a lot and so in the exploration of gender and womanhood and and identity and the multiplicity of those aspects um the visual representation is, is so cool. It's so cool mm. to see someone's insights uh, in a picture. It's interesting because Seba, your piece is also dealing with like a duality in an interesting way. Like both of your pieces are. Mm -hmm. So what? How are you dealing with your the duality in your piece, Seb? Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a very weird thing where I like came into writing this thing very separate from myself but then all the writing became very much about myself and this idea about being like split across what is really one continent that we call two continents um and also being split uh in a sense of gender and sitting in the middle and like never existing in either place in any sphere of my life in a weird way um so there is there's a lot of wrestling with what it means to be and not be like there's a lot of saying things and then contradicting myself immediately um which is i don't know i don't know it's 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 an ongoing exploration which is also funny why like i specifically am like stuck on the idea of like cracks and fractures that split things into if this had ended up being something live i feel like i would have made something much more movement based and like basically what it's come down to is like a series of poems or like poetic vignettes and like the the visuals are really kind of secondary like they're just kind of there because i don't want it to just be an audio piece but also yeah i don't it's very interesting it's like very counter to generally how i function but also the last two years has like flipped upside down everything on how everyone functions. I think in a similar way, yeah. we kind of want to build pictures, build spaces mm. and, and pictures and kind of be in them and see what comes out of that. It's a purely selfish piece. <laughs> right? If you can tell us if you have any cultural icons that are inspiring you right now. Cultural to what, Monica? <laughs> to whatever culture Anything? means to you. Because <laughs> about that, I immediately thought Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> that is completely valid. Everything she says, my 17-year-old heart screams. Yeah, it's a fun TBT. Uh, I, for me at least, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going back a lot and listening to a lot of Facundo Cabral and Mercedes Sosa. 
which are ones that are just like always with me but like when i really want to like feel language and music in a weird way or like poetry and song rather than songs that sound poetic like i feel like those two are really especially like facundo and just like something about that that style of like storytelling and music really feeds I think I am just perpetually inspired by Mulan from from the yes. animated film from the 1996, not the 2021. We don't talk about the 2021. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, um, she's a cultural icon in her own right for yeah. uh, Asian Americans. And I mean that broadly, not U.S. Americans. And, you know, also a queer icon. So because we watch these movies in English, because um, I don't understand Spanish, but Sofia would, um, Sofia just inserts the Spanish dialogue on top of them. I love that. Yeah. It's not the same. How do you approach creating in different languages? I mean, I I only speak English, so. Um, I speak Spanish to you a lot, though. Yes. Um, but I think with that, Sofia, um, I think you often write in Spanish. And then translate things to English. Yeah. Um, the, there's a poetry. There's a piece of me that lives in poem. And I relate to you, Sebas. And it won't be translated. It can't be translated. So it translates to pictures. Hmm. To images. To me trying to build the space that I'm inhabiting when I put those words together. Hmm. Or there's a humor for me. I have a lot of fun. <laughs> I always say I'm way funnier in Spanish. Uh, and if you don't believe me, ask my mom. My mom laughs at me, about me, with me so much. Um, and then she always says, Nunca me rio con nadie más que contigo. And I'm like, mom, that's <laughs> Let's go to therapy. There's a delicious possibility of playing with words that I have in Spanish that I don't have in English. And... You can't translate that. <laughs> so I think that's just where like the little horns come out and whatever came out in the piece kind of was like the whisper of that, but it's never. It's your green devil. It's my green devil. <laughs> I love it. When I hear culture, I think there's queer culture and there is this like romanticized historical version of, of what my culture is back home that has stopped um in time hmm. when i was 18 and i moved here and there's a culture of my household and my family and the way i was brought up and there's a culture of the industry or like the theater community there's a culture between us but there's also a culture a bigger culture that um we existed in toronto that's how i understand it hmm. it's like unspoken but understood set of rules and like practices and that we share yeah it's like a collective engagement and that was Sebastián Marciali and Liz Durr and Sof Rodríguez from Mala Collective. All of the artists in today's episode are bringing their new works, which are still in development, to the Caminos Multi-Arts Festival. This year, Caminos is presenting the art of 32 different groups, both live and online, from October 12th through the 24th. Go to caminos.ca for more on how to see these shows and to support these artists. Gracias to Venius Guerra and New Tradition Music for the theme song. 
We are speaking to you from the shores of this beautiful Zaga Igan, known to some as Lake Ontario, in Toronto, or Duggarondo. This is the ancestral territory of the Haudenosaunee, or Longhouse Confederacy, the Anishinaabek Nation, the Wendat, and the Mississaugas of the Credit. This land is covered by the Dish with One Spoon Wampum and Treaty 13, also known as the Toronto Purchase. Araluna, we remember that people can begin to heal when they are hurt. We are committed to artful participation in disagreements. We are committed to unsettling ourselves towards connection, respect, and justice for all people who now live in this city, which has been a meeting place since time immemorial. Radio Aluna Teatro is produced by Aluna Theatre with support from the Toronto Arts Council, the Ontario Arts Council, the Canada Council for the Arts, the Department of Canadian Heritage, and TD Bank. Aluna Theatre is Beatriz Pisano and Trevor Shellness with Sue Ballant. Radio Aluna Theatre is produced by Monica Garrido and Camila Diaz Varela. For more about Aluna Theatre, visit us at alunatheatre.ca, follow at Aluna Theatre on Twitter, or Instagram, or like us on Facebook. Miigwech and Nyawangoa.